Hello, everyone. This is yours truly at 5.30 with the Radio Socialist. I'm yours truly, Mac on the Rock, your concrete conservative. I already have my cough pills in my mouth, as you can hear. So excuse that. But if not, I start coughing all over the place. I, I'm here with Alejandro for the final show of 2022. Like all New Year's, there'll be a resolution to lose some weight this year because it's about time I lose weight again. I've done this three other times where I have to lose 100 pounds. And I do it and get it back, do it and get it back. So I got to do it again. I hope you guys accomplish your New Year's resolutions. I hope as a result of this show that the Radio Socialist becomes a radio libertarian in the exercise of... Of getting to understand, uh, he th- he thinks too much libertarian literature to actually become a libertarian at this point. At this point, he doesn't know that his mic's not on yet. He's talking like a quack. So I gotta let him talk. After all, he is the future. How in the hell are you, my radio socialist new I'm friend? Good. I'm good. Uh, my friends are back in town. I'm good. My friends are back in town. We are going out to dinner after this, so I'm looking forward to all you know. My night tonight, you know, going up to New Year's. Um, everything fine? I, uh, you're talking and showing up on the meter, but for some reason, something bizarre is going on. Go ahead and talk. Keep on talking. Um, yeah, no, but I, I've really... Turn read- on your, your mic. Maybe your mic is down. So which one is this here? That's yours. Uh, for some reason, I'm not hearing you. I'm hearing myself. When you talk, I believe the... Cause how about now? Ah, guess what the radio socialist was doing. There are three mics here, and I grabbed the one he closest He grabbed to. the two mics. You know why? Because he's on autopilot, Captain Convenience, radio socialist. He probably thought he, he had to be they, given the microphone. See how socialists want to be given stuff? But I've read way too much libertarian literature to ever become a libertarian. So you only say it in defense of the things I say. Because you, when you want to cop out and you don't want to face the fact that you're delirious in the information you put out there to defend yourself, you say, well, uh, the, the libertarian side of me, so it's not really sincere. No, what I have is a libertarian upbringing because I used to be one intellectually. So I have sympathies towards certain libertarian concepts. However, um, I want to say around post-1960, the right-wing libertarian movement is one that I feel safely that does not function in any sort of way. It does not protect property properly. It does not look after the rights of the individual. It crushes them. And what I've seen from many libertarians, they usually don't tend to value the things I value. Like government intrusion on our lives. That's where I'm libertarian. I'm libertarian in so far that I, I like the idea of individual rights. It's just their complete disdain for a governing body. I get the distrust for central planning. But then at the same time, they don't want democracy, a lot of these types. They're not very pro-democracy. So to me, it's like you can't have it both ways. You can't be wanting a small government, but then you can't be anti-democracy. Democracy is... What do you call anti-democracy? Because you might think that this is a democracy. I thought we made that clear, that we're a republic. But we vote our representatives. We have a right to organize. We have a right... Our states have a right. Yeah, but we oh, have sorry, a federal... sorry, you're correct, congressman. 
Senators, yes. We this vote is direct. a representative democracy. You're right that this is not a direct democracy. There are different forms of democracy. But I, I just said republic. Yeah. We are 50 states supporting a central state, federal government, to fight enemies, foreign and domestic. Nothing else. Now, when I say nothing else, that's kind of harsh, blind approach because... I understand there's a highway system. I understand there's a post office. There are certain things that the federal government probably has to do because the states probably wouldn't get along long enough to build a highway system. And I think Eisenhower was quite visionary to build a highway system. But he wanted to move tanks around in case the Russians were coming. So, hey, you know, everything has a military bent to it. And you keep on thinking that we can have a small well, Department no, of Defense. It's that I've read Thomas Jefferson, and I understand that he Why do you keep on going to Thomas Jefferson? Because he's really the intellectual godfather of this entire movie. Yeah, but he's not a, he's not a militarist, per se. Well, it doesn't matter. Because or when, anti-military. Because when libertarians, usually in the United States of America, not other countries... Remember, he went after the... He went after the uh, as president, he went after the Muslim uh, pirates... Uh, yeah. In Africa, in, in in the Mediterranean. But when libertarians talk about these ideas such as freedom, small government... But you're not saying Thomas is a libertarian. He is more or less, if you were to tell... He wasn't for federalism. You know, if you were to tell me you were Christian... But he wasn't for federalism, we agree, right? He wasn't for federalism. But if you were to tell me he was Christian... If you're, you were to tell me you were Christian, and I would say, oh, the Abrahamic faiths. This is like a strain of thought I'm connecting your attitudes to. So Ooh, that's interesting. Please expound that. So w- why I'm talking about Thomas Jefferson is because I feel like when a lot of people talk about their natural rights, when a lot of people talk about these concepts that, you know, are very much found in libertarianism and even some sects of conservatism, you know, this belief in small government. You just call us a sect. Sect we're all sects. We're, we're all sects. I'm, I'm sexy. I'm not a sect, okay? You you have a sect. What? <laughs> You're, you're going to call me a MAGA sect now, or what? Uh, you don't really strike me as the MAGA type. You strike me more... I am like, not. You like you like some things about Trump, but I do not consider you MAGA. No. Because, as someone who is going through some of your literature, uh, Whoa. As a, for, for being on the show... Express, um, push me against the wall, step on my toes. <laughs> I see that you're very much acquainted with these notions of small government accountability like you are a conservative who is with trump because i will not vote for a democrat yeah you will not vote for a democrat period period but more or less what the what strikes me with the maga people are a particular set of things which is a civic nationalism of some sort where you know trump is the head of the nation state and to back trump is to back america you know Things are not so much to be questioned, but trusted, you know. Trusted. Well, now that we found out that the FBI was embedded all over the Proud Boys and all over the Oath Keepers, and now it makes absolutely sense. Only because the New York Times reported it, because we've been saying this since the get-go, that we knew, and I knew personally, because I knew a Proud Boy, and I brought him here to Blink Radio for that purpose alone, hey, uh, would you please describe yourself? Because they just called him a white supremacist. And he was a black man. And he's sitting here. Please, I can attest. I, I wouldn't call the Proud Boys white supremacist. 
I looking at Gavin McGinnis, he he has said some pretty openly racist stuff. Yeah, um, McGinnis. Uh, I remember he used to come out on Hannity, and with that terrific beard that he grew, and he's he a real a, interesting character. You probably I, you got me there from the standpoint that I can attest to never have heard his radio programming in any way or form. I just knew what when he came out on Hannity that he was somewhat rambunctious, and I they must have toned him down because he never said anything racist on TV. But that's not to say that on radio he did. I don't know that to be true. He strikes me as a very conflicted man. Like I think he, he was. A, he I think he was a humorist, he, and somehow he, he stumbled he, into politics. He's a very funny guy, but like a lot of stuff he does makes me feel like he needs. Did you hear his radio programs? Well, or no? I've seen the broadcasts that he did that were like pushing for like confrontation on the streets. Yeah, but he's uh, from what I've been told here on Blink Radio WSQF. 94.5 on your FM dial from here all the way down to Palmetto Bay in South Florida. And if you want to hear us and you're out of town, WSQFRadio.com is my live stream. And we're here with the radio socialist, Alejandro. And I am Mac on the Rock, the concrete conservative. And this is our new show. We're going to be really structured in 2023, if we can, on the Young and Old Show. Continue. But just say, like, this was a guy who wanted a lot of hand-to-hand combat, a lot of fights. Because you had to remember this was around 2016, 2017, where street brawls were becoming increasingly common in the modern, you know, political climate at the time. Um, I kind of, we can get but, into this But a aren't bit. you leaving out the, the crucial detail? They wanted to fight, but they, who they really wanted to fight was Antifa. And yeah. Black Lives Matters who were showing up Antifa, to disrupt stuff. Antifa kind of only started because Trump was doing the put him on a stretcher comments. Um, and ha- Trump's supporters were beating up people, just peaceful counter-protests, at his place. You know, that's kind of blasé, you know what I mean? But it's true. Uh, it's true. Everybody <laughs> you can sounds... call it what you want, but I remember that footage. You want to blame everything on Trump, man. No, I'm saying that Trump... You push, don't want to push just certain ad. I'm not blaming everything on Trump. If I was to blame everything on Trump, then I would be ignoring. So if there wasn't if there wasn't a Trump president, let me get this right. If it, if it wasn't a Trump president, there would be no Antifa and Proud Boys. If those groups in particular, I would say without a certainty of a doubt, they wouldn't exist at this point of time. Absolutely. Well, in the United co- States, because here's what a lot of these far right types talk about. Well, they're like, well, what about you know these Black Rock protests? You know, nope. at certain events, right? Hold on. But those confrontations were not with Trump supporters or conservatives. Those are with police officers. And black blocking, I looked into this. I was a very big college radical. Black blocking was not an attempt to go out and fight people. It block, was an att- block, blo- block, black block. Black blocking. It's when, you know, but they, you know, you know how the Antifa No, you know does. nothing. I'm asking the audience the Antifa, to the pay Antifa attention guys, to what he says because you're teaching me. Yeah, the Antifa guys who are dressed in all black, you know, they kind of look like ninjas. That's called black blocking? That's called black blocking. And these are people, you know, the, the idea in anarchist circles is that everyone kind of does their part. And the people who are more, you know, courageous or physically able would create a wall of, ent- of separation between protesters and police. It was kind of meant to be a non-organizational buffer. 
So, now, but what done had by, happened? Uh, time out. Done by law enforcement and do, or done by the radicals themselves? Done by the radicals themselves to protect themselves from to protect other peaceful protesters from police. I don't believe that. That that was the that was how it was organized. The only place that Antifa that, was that, the that only place that like, Antifa, that smells like empathy, and I don't think they had that. Oh, the only places that Antifa was really mobilized was in Greece, and I can attest to this because I was. How about in Minneapolis? No, this was way earlier. I'm t- I'm talking about 2010 now. Oh, you thought about how how they be, they developed. They developed yeah. in Europe first with communists. And no, no, they no. They over... developed and first in Europe. Um, Please they, they, tell the audience because that's I, I, very I'm going, intriguing. I'm, I'm going down. I'm not so, that part. I do believe. So um, the big part where you, the first microcosm of what happened to the rest of Europe, the Western world politically was very visible in Greece after the financial crisis that they had there. So, because um, I remember I would walk around the streets. Yeah, they had no money, and they, we got tired of uh, paying their bills. Yeah. Well, I, I mean the European banks. Yeah, I was about to say Germany mostly in particular. Yes. But I remember... Their I w- fault. They created the euro. Um, they knew they were going to be carrying the basket of slaves that is Europe. Okay, go ahead. So you would, you know, when I was in Europe, I would see a lot of, like, anarchists, and I would see a lot of, like, Golden Dawn, who was the far right. You got to stop that like thing, because the audience thinks that there's like individuals that are like communists. Well, uh, if you're a communist, you are. These are anarchists. They're, your guys are communists. They don't, like, they don't like communists. They fight with the communists all the time. They hate the communists. Okay, could you, but without going into a rabbit hole, could you just describe what you believe is the difference? Because for me, I don't like to complicate things because I know the average drool out there that's liberals, statists, and communists and anarchists don't think past their feet. So, I believe they're all totalitarian and one asset they're, they're, the... they're all against your brand of politics that is something okay. that I would say would would, would put all these guys in the same group in your eyes however they do not get along um, this and actually the ambivalence toward anarchists and even yeah, Marxists, Francisco Franco when we talked about yeah. Spain he didn't like Russian communists um, even Marx himself I, I think in one of the communes had his followers vote out all of the anarchists in the group Whoa! So this is like uh, th- so. Please get to the nitty gritty. What was anarchists it a- in a nutshell? Um, how do, the big difference between that they have with the communists is that they believe communists are much more like okay, listen, we can either do this through democracy or we can do this through a professional revolutionary class, right? You know, but we're going to take the state and we're going to break down the state, you know, while, and, then, and then put us all in food lines. I know, and, and then if, yeah, but the anarchists are like, oh, you can't even do anything with the state. The state is the natural corrupter of anything. And all hierarchy... So what would an anarchist do once he takes power? Get rid of the state? How would he do that? The anarchist would want, like, a democratically elected chosen group of, like, enforcers. Um, the kind of do the will of the people. Um, that pers- sounds more like uh, Mad Max. Anarchist, in my personal experience... Now Mad I'm go- Max. Now I'm going to editorialize. What are the, uh, what are the other movies uh, surrounding Mad Max? The worst one was the last one, but... I thought I liked the last one a lot. It was fantastic set-wise. Uh, oh, the yeah. set was marvelous, but it didn't really go anywhere. Mad Max, you remember those names. You're better at that than I am. But well, that's there, what anarchists if, want. If I, if I would editorialize, is this, you're going to find this funny, is that anarchists, um, anarchists and libertarians, like the really you know c- college variety type, tend to be much more antisocial than your regular sort of political activity. So you like had an epiphany. You're breaking out. I on, broke out from them a while. You're on the radio. I broke out from the anarchists a while ago, um, particularly anarchists, um, because they're Did very, you find them to be of like mind of yours, or you just had a common 
reality you guys joined forces? Um, it was shortly after Occupy, and I was really interested in a lot of, like, how to put it, anti-government strain of thought. Like, I was reading a lot of, you know, anarcho-primitivist people who didn't even want the, in the industry to be... Anar anarcho-primitivists. Primitivists. Like, they want to go back. They want to go all the way back. Mad Max! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they want to go all the way back. And they, they wrote extensively about this. And um, I was reading a lot of libertarian thinkers. I was reading... As far back as Cro-Magnon, man? That far back? You yeah, know, le leaves on the women and... Uh, some of them are even like agriculture was the biggest mistake. I've heard some of them say that. It's pretty... Agrarian, uh, agrarian society was a big mistake? Yep. Pulling in the, the harvest? Yeah, that's what they say. Jesus <laughs> Louise. <laughs> wow. Uh, you guys are... I won't. I won't. I won't go there. So, but eventually, I had met someone in college um, who had participated in Occupy Wall Street herself. Um, that was during Obama's administration. Yes, this was around 2010. That was the smell of what was to come. In some senses, yes. Um, in every sense, okay, it just got worse. Okay, but she was, you know, she was a uh, around my age. She was very radical. Um, she was really interested in like taking down. Was she unemployed or employed? She was a college student. So that. You believe that that's a majority, or no, that was just happenstance? Um, majority of you guys were unemployed college grads or in school? Or, we were, or am I being too facetious? There is, there's a weird dynamic, because I feel like a lot of anarchists um, so if you had say a what you will about them, but a lot of these guys really do try living up. But do they hold a job, because you would, it would require no, you a being lot, a someone? a lot of them try taking over certain things. A lot of them um, live in Greek big houses together a lot oh, of Oh so they're still living the frat life. They're, they're kind of living a, a frat life. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like that freak who hit Pelosi's uh <laughs> husband in the head after he was probably called as a call man. Oh that's another point. Okay, cool. But, so what I had found I, I quickly grew tired with anarchists. Long story short with them, you know, this was a very bright Because they had no way of making a living. Not only did they have no way of making a living, they are profoundly usually antisocial. Like, I remember one of them was really wanted me to become vegan. And I was just like, I don't eat red meat. That's I, enough. Yeah, I felt like that but was you enough. you chicken from time to time. I have chicken from time to time, right? And that wasn't enough for them. They had to talk me down from this. And... Yeah, it's kind of it has nothing to do with a health decision. It has to do with saving cows. Yeah, no, but it was like... Because it's to them, because there's no government. And this is why I kind of... This is the status in me, if you will, why I feel it's important was because they place so much responsibility in doing everything right because they're only accountable to themselves. If if they do something that's sexist, if they make an off-color joke, you know, if they mistreat someone, if they're eating the wrong type of things, if they're buying the wrong type of things, if they're not sufficiently... Oh, they, act, they actually pay for stuff? They buy things? They like stealing, a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, because capitalism every time sucks to them. Every time there's a riot and like there's someone stealing stuff, they're usually anarchists. So they gave those black mobs, those gang mobs, inner city mobs that just raid and, and riot. You uh, you would believe the anarchists taught them how to do it? I, I think they're the ones who take most you know, advantage. you got powers in numbers, man. When I, you have 100 people going to a department store, there ain't no stopping them. I, I think... And the law says you can't shoot them either. That's what's really amazing. You can't shoot over property. You can only shoot if you're... If your life is in jeopardy. Even in Florida? Everywhere. 
I remember in Florida there was like a police officer who was like, save us the trouble if a guy comes into your house, just shoot him. That's still not law, though. That just that might be the the theme in the police department. And I can't speak for, you know, towns, uh, suburban towns or rural towns. I can't believe it. You know, I hate I hate the idea, but quite frankly, I'm one of those guys who would look away if that was the truth. You know, that would stop crime really quick as but, soon as two or three went down. In fact, there was a there was a guy in Minneapolis. I'm sorry if it's Minneapolis or another riot. Uh, in Denver, there were so many. I don't know exactly where this happened, but I remember it striking me in very sorrowly. There was a there was a gentleman who was defending his store, and it got raided in the middle of the night. It smashed through the windows, and he shot somebody in there. But because it was over property, he couldn't. Before he even got to prove his own self defense, he killed himself before going to trial because he feared he figured there was so many witnesses who saw him shoot that he didn't think he had a chance. That also happened to a lot of uh, January the 6th uh, rioters. They, they were accused of knocking over or breaking breaking stuff inside the Capitol or maybe taking something home, like a flagpole or a flag or some that's one historical thing that, that's something. That's one thing the Jan 6th guys could have learned from anarchists was wear a mask. Yeah, really. <laughs> and don't, and and don't, 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 don't take selfies. Don't take your phones. <laughs> That's why I find it ludicrous when the Democrats, from a people PR were, standpoint, called it an insurrection. What do they take life, us? They take us all for uh, GED life, graduates or people what? People were live tweeting them breaking into like, Congress. Men yeah, and they were live tweeting. So don't call it an insurrection. You know, and the rest of America thinks <laughs> even people who uh, who believe in Donald Trump's incitement of this, when now we know that law enforcement incited this more than you think. Uh, how can there be an insurrection with selfies, for Christ's sake? And you guys are all a bunch of idiots who re- repeat it. And you also are idiots who call Trump a fascist because all I, his I children are married to Jews. I mean, what's wrong with you I people? I don't think... Here, okay, here's here's what I feel about Trump's, Trump's a fascist, right? Trump, uh-huh. no, he's, he's hired more black people and minorities all over the country in his hotels and his property. But he's really comfortable race baiting to get what he wants. I believe he's now really you're talking about he's really comfortable. Now you're talking motivation behind what he says, and quite frankly, I believe his upbringing. It's my understanding that old man Trump had to deal with. He used to own. People don't know this about the Trump family, but the his Trumps, dad was arrested at a Klan rally once. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but yes, I've read that, and I don't believe that's true. But anyway, uh, he was a person who obviously had German descendancy, Scottish descendancy, but he was also the check casher at the supermarket. So he had to deal with the hood, who don't have bank accounts. And uh, some of that, that uh, how would I say, abrasive, acidic, harsh realities uh, that were not only showing up in the Trump administration in tweets and in rhetoric, like... Russia's not sent on uh, Russia. Uh, Mexico's not sending our best or sending murders and rapists. That harsh rhetoric, I believe you're right. It was part of his propaganda well, he, tool. He, here's what I found. It, it was l- masterful. L- let's get the facts. It got the news yeah. to cover him. Let's get the facts. It made him present. Is that Fred Trump was detained at a KK rally, but there's no evidence he was a supporter. USA Today. 
Oh, oh, you got me. USA Today, I can't criticize. <laughs> I always just like... I was hoping you say Washington Post and no, New York Times. But no, because I, I feel like it's important because... How, what was the date of that? Because the reporting and the actual event are probably decades apart. So, okay, just straight goes down. It's in big, bold letters what happened in 1972. Okay, so, so they're reporting about, and, not, and they're reporting at what year? This was reported in 2020. Okay, so a lot of hearsay between then and now. But yeah, it might be on some document somewhere. So might no, have found it, it out. It's but like I I, I, I don't, don't see think Mr. how we can get around the they're they're bring, I can say rapists, right? Yeah, they're bringing man. drugs and they're bringing rapists across the border. Like it's one thing to talk about crime, but he he was very specifically talking about Mexicans in this instance, and he was kind of racializing this ad, this concern that people have about border. He's definitely appealing to. The white nationalist, no doubt, and the person who never voted in an election before and was registering to vote for the first time because he was, they wanted him to see him president because of the way he spoke. I get that part. It was a marketing ploy that I believe. I do. He's not indicative of who he is because of his, uh, his, the deeds are one thing. There's a lot of things that, for for instance, that I would personally hear at home from my father that. Looking on the outside, you might have misinterpreted it, or you could have misinterpreted it, but in real life, he knew the hood. We were produce wholesalers, so we had employees from the neighborhood. And if you know where the produce market is in Miami, it's the hood, period. So he understood the idiosyncrasies of the hood. He understood hard work. He knew who to pay more than the other. He knew who he can depend on in early mornings. And he could care less that they were all black people. He wanted work. And, you know, if he said something disparaging, it wasn't because he's racist. It's because he saw the idiosyncrasy in that culture. But I would We're feel, brown people, so we can't really be accused of that. I, I feel like, though, like but, taking advantage of racial animosity is never like a good reflection. Like, I would say even... It if, wasn't diplomatic. It wasn't even a in the left, like there's a but lot... But you just elected a guy who was... They're all gonna put you back in chains, Joe Biden. My God, he was—he was—he actually was hanging out with a Klansman. The guy was Senate and House Majority—I mean, uh, House Majority Leader Robert Byrd. Yeah, man, he's a risk. Yeah, he rat. disavowed that. Yeah, well, I made a mistake after I had ca- after I had tea with him five thousand times. Okay, we're not friends anymore. B.S. Him and Hillary were hanging out with all that crowd. Remember when Hillary? They're, 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 a lot of the Democrats, I would say, and like until hello, they were the founders. Bar- until Barack Obama, um, Democrats did not make race relations one of their chief concerns. I I will absolutely agree with that with you. Whoa, and, now go stand in the corner. You got time out. You've admitted. Uh, you're admitted to your. Your sins. No, Come on, um, the founders of the Democratic Party were uh, also are, are, are founders. We gonna have to go after, are we going to have to go over the Southern strategy thing again? Well, that's later. That's Nixon. Yeah, My but God. that's the thing is that... That's Nixon. You call it Republicans and Democrats is Come like on. to evade the we're, real central point. You guys are much... Is that, cl- okay. is that there, is a, there is a point of the country that does not want civil rights to continue, Right. We we can agree that these people voted for the Democrats at one point in time, right? Okay, I'll agree. So they mostly most of those have passed away. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying is that it does not matter if they back Team R or Team D. Is that that sentiment is still there? And in the 90s and until I want to say the late 2000s until Obama, 
the Democrats, most of them did not really feel that there was going that there was not really a need to address these problems. That if anything, they needed to be harsher on them. Or are you saying that there's a group of people that still propagandizes the problem after electing and reelecting a black man as president? I mean, I will c- remember. Hello? The, I remember the race baiting campaign that Hillary ran against Obama. Yeah, when she had the accents and everything in the southern states. She was actually one of the profiteers of the. Um, the Democratic Party has been the, the profiteer Mus- of the black. That he was a secret Muslim thing. A lot of that came out of people in her staff. And blamed on Trump because he was the most vociferous well, Trump, as a private citizen. Well, Trump made it. He just took it upon himself to talk to the me. Well, he got all he got the out. time about like I have proof that the he's not a real citizen. I have proof. I have proof. Like I remember yeah, yeah. that's uh, when I started to get politically aware. I remember every day him going on the media and him talking about private this. citizen. Make it clear. And and I was like, okay, is he going to bring anything or does he just want attention? Well, he forced. And then he showed us that he just wants attention. Time out. <laughs> I I agree that he just wants attention because that he knew he knew that was going to make him president, but. At the same time, you got to understand the mastery of his methods because he knew that we knew people like me were going to vote for him because we detest the Democratic Party. We don't like anything about them. We believe that they can't govern, and we it's shown to be true that they can't govern. And eventually, we're going to be taxed out of existence, meaning we voted ourselves out of existence. Given. Now, I'm a more affluent, intelligent voter. But Trump knew there were millions out there that would never be addressed, never thought they were a part of anything that is to do with this country, perpetually unemployed. I'm thinking of the bushwhacked parts of West Virginia, bushwhacked parts of Kentucky, bushwhacked parts of Virginia itself, bushwhacked parts of Oklahoma, Nebraska, you name all the states. So, uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, parts of Georgia. Uh, the areas that were never, ever appealing to these people. And I think he made it very clear in his inauguration speak, speech that he was going to address his presidency. And he did. He put him to work. It was a successful presidency under the barrage of indictment, impeachment, uh, false investigation, spying on his campaign. Come on, guys. He, he did marvelous under those circumstances. And that's the part that so many I've heard from who are now sabotaged this country voted against in 2020. And they voted for the actual person, the actual person that they believe Trump was. His name is Joe Biden, who's been on the take his entire political career. I know because I was a Tea Partier. I remember that when we got together, I'm a Tea Party as far as the rally in 2000, 2009 that I did Would not attend. Would you identify as a paleoconservative? You know, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't, I, For the audience, paleoconservatism, long story short, is that they believe there's kind of a natural, normal way of doing things, and we have to align for that so to become better and more prosperous. Okay. The, the fact is that I've never actually seen that executed, unfortunately, because our party's never earned... 11 filibuster-proof senates, and they've earned it in the cheapest way possible since 1911. I think I made that clear in other shows. When you have 11 filibuster-proof senate majorities, some of which uh, consisted of 18 straight congressional sessions 
or 24 years of congressional sessions. It really is indicating factor for me saying you can't govern. You had the power. You had it for a long period of time. Both chambers of con- uh, both chambers of the House and the Senate at one time. If you look at a graph, I excite all of you to do what I did. Get a graph that says DNC legislative majorities and press images on your Google search. Do it again with DuckDuckGo and see there's a difference in graphs. There's a lot of graphs there. And you'll see the dominance, which I've shown the radio socialist. And guess what? He doesn't care. Because why? Because you're standing on your head why. and you like standing on your head and you like bleeding out the nose. No, because it's this is such an admittance of it, it's like a weird. Yeah, you like, have to it's, admit it's a weird admittance of like power failure. Yeah, no, no, but it, it, it's like we're never going to be held accountable. There are no times where we get. If what you're we still want. a Democrat, there are no yeah. times where good things or bad things might come across. Like the only good it, thing. It's like I don't know how you can just have this view that like oh we're ex- constantly under besiege. We don't get anything we want. You hey, guys we overpassed never, said, Roe versus Wade. Okay, just this year. As so a conservatives of fact, cannot act like they're under the besiegement without having mediocre. taken some power. If you understand the law, that law was a miscarriage of justice from the get-go. That's not a federal law. But talking That's about the specifics a state of it, law. What I what I'm objecting to right here. Is States it re- determine really, when, when, is how. Is this attitude that you don't like that there that there, there are no conservative victories? Is I don't think there object- is one. I really don't. Yeah, I, can't, I, I, I think except that, for a, a tax cut here and there, that, which is really not complex. a victory. That's a victim complex. That's just uh, it's just a fact. I don't think we've ever passed any, a damn thing. It's a victim. The complex. only time we had a timeout. The you, only time we had a success was only in the House. We had to like strong arm the Senate to to believe in this. I think Clinton helped us here. Was the contract with America? You you just talking about all these successes that Trump was doing? Well, he put people back to work. Yeah, so he sustained. You, you can't have it both ways. You can't out, have the, our policies I, are better. Would you allow me to explain we, those successful sure. presidency? What the what the Republicans can honestly say our successes, which aren't. Really, legislative succession successes is that Republicans sustain socialism because occasionally they pass tax cuts. Period, and therefore the money goes back to the taxpayer, which is the people who pay the majority of taxes. Not my, I pay my my fair share. It's not fair that twenty percent pays. He's not talking about you, working people. Yeah, working people pay too much tax. And rich people pay all the freaking taxes. 20% pays 100% of the taxes, okay? Half of this country, whether you like it or not, doesn't pay taxes, period. They get checks back from from the federal government. They may pay for a moment, but they get it back as a refund. And that's just the truth. And that's why they call it progressively poor income tax. Because Amendment 16 is a law that never passed. Look it up. Proxy voting, pair voting, look it up. 16 and 17 didn't pass, and either did the Federal Reserve on the 23rd of December, 1913. All three are abominations. And until we repeal all three, and it's the motivation behind my participation from 
Tea Party to Convention of States, Article 5. Look that up as well, folks. Get on board. Join us. We're already at 19 states. I guarantee you that when we get to 31 states, just one state shy, your federal government will change. Because right now, it's a criminal enterprise based on $1.7 trillion You're budget. You're like an anarchist now. Woo! So- yeah, that, that's what they like to say is that um, all. Do you love, have any like all, really all, good anarchists you can bring here on the radio? I haven't talked to. Them. I could probably find them if you'd allow me to like look around. As long as they respect, because they realize they're going to lose if they cross. The, you know, they cross the divine with me. You know, they get taken out. You understand that? They better not make threats to my life and stuff like that, because you know I don't. That's I don't, the funny thing is that um, can I have them in front of me without actually having to? Be- yeah, you, you might be able to find one, but the thing is, is that like. A, those lot guys, of, a lot of them aren't very, like, they don't feel like there's any purpose in the conversation. Like, they have a very, So like, they won't sit here for an hour and talk? I think some of them might, you know. There, there are people who will talk in any group. Even, I've seen fascists who even like debating, despite the fact that they don't believe in freedom of speech. Anarchists don't. Anarchists don't, no. Yeah. Um, anarchists were the big push for deplatforming people. Um, but getting, Yeah, they love Twitter. So yeah. long as... It was our guys, not their guys. I, I do think that... Call it disinformation. That's, that's so... I, communist I, is not even funny. There's one thing I, I do agree with how... With and, my, and fascism and communism, authoritarianism. The Nazis were dis, uh, had disinformation campaigns left and right in the Jewish communities, in the Jewish newsletters, in the town, in the town uh, uh, dailies. They were constantly censoring them in Germany in the 30s. One of the things that I wanted to go back on real fast to the Antifa thing is that Antifa was only really around as an alliance um, during the rise of Nazi Germany at that point out of concern. And then what began to happen is that in Europe, as I was saying, like the Antifa people in Germany were not Germany in Greece were fighting the Golden Dawn. Were they called Antifa or a different name comes to the language? Uh, It. I think Antifa is just anti-fascist because fascista, I think, is how it's pronounced in Italian. <laughs> so it just like that's just what they call themselves, Antifa. Okay. So um, then, when Trump started to what we agreed on was kind of being tickling them was being vulgar, having kind of a a very aggressive rally. These people kind of felt like they reached out to their intellectual counterparts over in America. You from mean Europe. in the college campuses? The professors? No, I mean the internet. You don't need the oh, college. Oh, the black web. Yeah, No, not even the black web, just Twitter. Like, you don't need to go to... He said it, not I. Like, I agree with you, though. It, it, like, they can just watch... I think Twitter's enough. <laughs> you can just watch videos now or, like, learn something from about this in, like, you know, one of your gaming circles from somebody, right? Like, um... Never played a game in my life, so I wouldn't know. Uh, I love games. Uh, I love all sorts of games. I love sports, and then I love tabletop games, and then I love video. How about the games the ladies play? Uh, I think women play those games, too. Women Do, play video does games Antifa too. have girlfriends, boyfriends? Uh, they, they... Oh, they have group sex. They have group in, sex. In the group, they in, have group in, sex. In the frat house environment. <laughs> I knew where that was going. I, I, was... I've borne witness to some stuff like that before. Uh, not participated, but... Oh, make that Born very witness. clear. <laughs> <I> say, <laughs> uh, but no woman listening just heard that laugh. Believes you. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a guy who just came out of the kitchen. 
With a bong in one hand, a hookah in the other. No, no, no. I, I'm way too shy. I, I'm far too shy for that sort of thing, if I have to admit. Yeah, so... Okay. But, no, you, no, gave but me, so the, you gave me a caveat there. So these groups, when they came over, um, and this is getting back to the Proud Boys, is that Gavin was watching these altercations from these people who felt like they had to do this as a response to Trump. Yeah. And he was like, why don't we fight back? I want b- people being beat up in the street. And, yeah, I, 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 remember, I, wanted... I remember the rallies. Get them out of here. Yeah. Get them out of here. So that's what I would say. Like, that's what the Proud Boys always were. They were always a fight club. They were always there to rid certain groups. But not white supremacists and insurrectionists. But they do have a grievance with people who have... Are communists. Who are anti-racist, is what I would say. Ah, That's natural selection on your part. No, because it's... It just so happens that there's some similarities. When when they talk about, like, West is best and Western chauvinism, which are terms they use... These were things that were groveled up, like not groveled. I want to say, put together as we all do in response to. Please events. tell the audience because the, the, those these, are like, these were ideas that were put together by people. Say it again. Who, West is best. West is best in Western chauvinism. These were ideas. That's like John Wayne kind of thing. Is yeah, that what it means? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cowboy stuff. So these were ideas that they were putting together around. I want to say um, after the Charlie Hebdo killing. Charlie Hebdo in Hebdo, Paris. In Paris, yeah. Where Notice, they, folks, when you don't have weapons and the bad guys are the only ones with weapons, how did someone in France get weapons, get firearms, when they should only have a knife? They but, went on and killed everybody over so there. So there was an attitude. What was the other one? M- months later, there, there, in the theater. The, train, in the, the one in the train is what I'm Train thinking. and the other one in the nightclub, uh, no, yes, or a concert. Yes. Or, yeah. So there is an attitude after a lot of like, oh, we didn't pay taxes. We, we're look, look, I, want to fin- I want to finish this, because yes. if we go off, I'm going to forget. So we saw kind of, you know, these attacks from like very, you know, extremist Muslim groups. I don't remember which one. So, you know, because that's not what people absorb. So they felt like the liberals and the leftist press and, you know, political correctness was not being honest and confronting the problem at hand. Um, So they were like, well, these are Western values. We want to defend free speech. You know, we don't think gay people should be shot up in gay bars by these types. You know, we don't think these types have a right to kill us. And then these types became another ink, is that they saw liberals as guilty of letting in people who were coming to kill them. That's what Gavin meant when he says West is best and Western chauvinism is that we are being invaded by Muslims. That's where the attitude came from. Another giant leap, but I can see where you can come to I, I, w- I, I was following this online. I, I was there. Like, I, I remember seeing okay, people... Okay, do you find I remember something seeing people who incredibly were wrong with that, or there's some truth to that? I think... There's a lot of Muslims in Toronto. They can just cross our border in a second. Here's what I would say, is that um, I was very critical of the way people who wanted to be progressive and tolerant and open-minded... I thought they were dealing with this, with these attacks at this time and the refugee crisis. I thought they were handling it very bad in the public square. You know, when an attack would happen rather than like assuring people, oh, we're going to do what we can to catch criminals like these, you know, oh, no, we are a society that wants integration. You know, we believe that you can come here with your heritage and your culture 
but you are going to respect such things as freedom of speech, freedom of religion. We will give you your time. We will give you your place. Muslims won't respect that. There are Muslims who do. But Some. You, yeah, but like that's the thing. I like the, to think the majority. I pray it's the majority, but so there's it, too many like, I, in I the do, minority I, that I, I make do it think really was, bad for everybody. I do think there was a failure to kind of engage with that. I, I absolutely do. I, I do totally think that every time there was an attack, the response was, not all Muslims are like this. Of which, course not. But which, you know, but that's, I don't think that's helpful because it's like, how do I put this? When it's, it's like, you know, it's like when a white guy goes up and he does a mass shooting, where we can't go, oh, notice how mass shooters are white. We Why know. do you make the comparison? No, no, because I'm there saying. There isn't a religious no, thread on, there. Hold on, hold on. I, that's I, a total I, reach. L- 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 let me listen. Like, like, you're I'm, not, I'm being, you're I not think, being. I'm saying these both are. You're not being honest. You've got to have a better no, no, excuse. No, 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 no. I'm saying they're not helpful. I'm saying these are not hunting. Yeah, but you're playing with no, you're playing with no, philosophy there. No. I, a criminal I, person like the guy they just caught today for the Utah massacre. There's people that are serial in mind and heart. The sociopaths that Trump was called the psychopath and a sociopath. He was called these things. There are sociopathic people that don't go uh and kill people. Because usually they they have more to gain if they don't. But religious sociopaths, they kill people. Well, it, it's, and they inspire others to do it if they're what I was. If they're try- a coward, they'll inspire a young kid. What, what to I do was it. trying to get to is like, let's look at what group they're a part of. What were the things that they hung around? What were the worldviews they were encompassing? So, because if it's like the same laziness, you know, if like a lonely white kid goes up and he shoots up a school, it's the same intellectual laziness to say, "Oh, look, a white boy did another terrorist attack." Whether it's the same thing to go, "Oh, look." Another Muslim did a terrorist attack. It's the same intellectual laziness. It's the same generalizing. Nope. It's the same otherizing. No, it isn't. Yeah, it is. No. Because it's, this you know, is most, most, here's most, it, most pe- well, Would you leave that freaking thing alone? Sure. They're most, not going to work. Would you push it already through so you don't find it? But most, because it's like... This is not Atari not in here, man. That's not why he did it, because... These Time out. Do it because they I'm going to make a distinguishing political... factor. I, I, you let, interrupted me a lot, so let me finish this point. Because what I felt... Even though it's a terrible point. Let the audience decide. Because uh, I felt there was a certain point where we're not engaging intellectually honest about stuff, you know. We're not but you're t- not being right now. No, because Making it, that we're not talking about how, like, ISIS is a group that was funded by multiple governments in the region. You know, not only but intellectually. But not by the United States. But financially. No. Well, maybe like, Barack Obama gave them some weapons, but that's aside the point. Or they were all, you know, people who were fired, from, fired in Saddam's regime, whose only military, it was only... The you only know, choice they had was to fight. Because their background was military. That was their only they part were going, of their They were coming after. I understand. We abandoned so, like, a lot of Sunnis that supported Saddam Hussein, but that could have been a use to us. But because we left them hanging, they had to fight for their lives. I understand. I, so I, I think, it's, I understand I, I think it's more useful. Like when I see a white kid shoot up a school, I'm going to go, oh, look, he was hanging out on certain websites, which were telling him the that world. That isn't religion, man. Wait, it's a worldview. We're talking about a worldview no. here. Yes, we are. No, you're talking about religion. Allah told me to do this. Dude, in the name of so Allah, there are so many Muslims uh, just like Christians who do not give a famous, about the religion. You remember the statement, Allah, say it again. Allah Akbar, Allah, God is great. Uh, ooh, look at him. He sounded like them and everything. Inshallah. Um, <laughs> yes. Okay, <laughs> that's different when God orders you to do these things than... A depressed, deranged outcast who shoots up a school so he dies in a hail of gunfire. I think they're both depressed outcasts. I think it's just a different way that we're... They they go to a different way... To get there. They get depressed and become outcasts. You know, like how do I put it? If you're a white kid 
against growing up Muslim, you're going to have a different way to express that. Yeah, but there's that a lot of parents are honored by their children's suicide blowing up. I don't think so if you're a, like a refugee in the United States and your kid goes crazy and does a terrorist attack. That is not going to put your family in good standing. Well, you don't know, for instance, it, like, uh, for a time out, you already made your statement. How about in the case of the gentleman who killed his, his two daughters? Uh, he, he invites them to lunch. When he gets them both in the car, he shoots them dead. And just because they dated, inf- they were infidel. They dated someone outside of the Muslim faith. And that guy was in America. That guy was uh, driving a taxi. That guy was a freak. He's a but, sociopath. But going back to what I said earlier. But it's still Allah. That, but going back to his but, faith, but drove him to, to kill moment, his daughters. But going back to what I said earlier, this is when. This is we where your argument mo- falls no, apart. No, 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 no. I, I said this earlier. This is going back to when I said us who are more progressive-minded say, listen, you can come and bring your some aspects of your culture, but this is something that cannot fly in our home. They ignore that. He killed his two daughters like if it was nothing. Dude, there are totally... I bet you that we can find, like, Christians Thousands. who have killed their families for weird, similar reasons. Well... Actually, you, no, I, there is a story where... A, well, they killed an abortion there, clinic. There was an old lady who was going, you know... Yeah, killed an abortionist. dealing with cancer. No, not just abortion clinics, but there was an old lady dealing with cancer, and she didn't like her grand, her daughter and her her daughter's new hobbies, you know, and she was watching the news all the time, seeing, you know, all of this stuff happen to Israel, and she got into an emotional state and shot her family. Like, that stuff happened. The lady who was dying or the daughter? The lady who was dying. She okay, shot her family, she, then she shot herself. Like I that was a religiously it. motivated way that she expressed her angst. So, like, I can see that happening to anyone. But like, if people are going to do that in our in our countries where we have freedom of religion, right? We need to tell. We need to make a point and saying you are not allowed to do an honor attack on members of your family because. That's not protected in our laws. You're right to practice your religion, but not in this way. We told the same thing to Mormons, that they were not allowed to marry more than one woman. And they do, on the Mexican side of the border. And they do, over there, outside of our country. American Mormons married in Mexico. So we, we've done this before for white they, Christians. They, they probably so, do it on this side of the border, too. We just, yeah. we just turn it They probably just eye. keep it on the down low. Until the weakness the of your comes. argument is what you said when the lady killed herself and killed her family out of angst. Based on her faith. But it wasn't a command from Jesus Christ to kill her kids in the name of her faith. That's the point. Not going there, not understanding that, it's not even associated in our faith. Even when they kill babies in the womb and they kill the abortionists, they're not getting messages from the from Jesus Christ, our Savior, my Savior, and most people who are listening to me, Savior, None of us hear words that Jesus Christ is commanding us to take out the abortionist. We are just like the lady. When we kill an abortionist, we do it out of angst, but not as a mission from God. And that's what Muslims have to contend with. They have, there's too many Muslims in this country who have said out loud, in public, under threat, under demise. Uh, Salman Rushdie is the one I most remember, a British man who wrote the book. What was the name of the book? You remember the book, Salman Rushdie? He eventually got stabbed. Oh, um, The Satanic Verses. Yes. That's the point. I haven't read his book, so I'm speaking out of line if I quote anything from his book because I haven't read it. But 
anybody who speaks up against them are now in the crosshairs because what I said on Wednesday is true. Because the mullah, the mullahs, the freaking heretics out there, mullahs do not make a pronouncement at the Hague. Sorry, not the Hague. Uh, what what's that uh, festive uh, week in Saudi Arabia? Uh, what's the name of the place? Um, where they all go and kneel? Uh, Mecca. The Mecca. Fest. Jeez, <laughs> that's the holy side. Mecca. Excuse me if I if I don't give it the. No, it's funny because you just painted like a totally different image in my mind, right? And then we were like Mecca. festive, and I imagined like a bunch of people no, from that part seeing, of the world having seeing... like a fun time, a party, and then you're like, then they all bow, and I imagined them dropping all of the party favors and all of their drinks and just bowing. Yes, in... I did not. I, I did not mean to patronize in my description. You did it, but it was just a, a funny. Choice of words. And I got the words wrong. The Hague is somewhere for war crimes and stuff, and that's Netherlands, and I, it's not even close to Mecca, but that's why I have the radio socialist here, so for him, for, you know, correct me, because I have those moments, okay? There's nothing I can do about it at this point. We just got to keep on reminding the radio socialist that he has, in essence, saved the concrete conservative show, because it became the young and old show, because... I couldn't do this anymore by myself. I just wasn't but good. Go, go on to the point that you were making. Now I lost my point. But my I, point I, I, is that mullahs have to proclaim in unison how many thousands of them are there that suicide is a sin. And suicide in the name of Allah is a bigger sin. And they're going straight to hell, which they're going anyway. But still, when they kill a bunch of people... Like uh, like they've done so many times. Innocent people. They just blow themselves up in the middle of nowhere. Sorry, in the middle of somewhere, like a concert, a nightclub, in the middle of a street, in the front door of someone's home. Um, that's, that's in the name of Allah? Really? Hello? 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 That puts in doubt all of Islam. It puts in doubt I all mean, of Islam. If you want me to say that, like, do I think Islam is a progressive worldview? I'm going to be upfront and say, like, it's regressive. Well, I we... don't think it's been progressive for about 800 years. Ooh, I think it was. You know, is he coming around the corner? He no, comes. He, he, it's just he's coming around the corner. I don't feel he like <laughs> he's coming around. The I don't corner. feel the solution to dealing with this. Like, you know, in part, a big part of tolerance. Is accepting that, like... There's a law. Is that I, I vibe... Like, I don't agree. Like, I don't agree, and that's okay. That's how I look at tolerance. But you gotta still adhere to the law. Yeah. But it's so... It, it's for me, it's like, you know... So I'm how not come a Muslim, been... I'm not a Christian. Yeah, you know, I'm not Jewish. Were you ever baptized? Yeah. Okay. You know, I am, I'm not these <laughs> There's things... There's salvation awaiting you. I'm not these things because I don't agree with them, right? I have my own intellectual agreements... With monotheism in particular. But, like, I'm not going to be mad about Christians. I'm not going to, like, try but Muslims to... are! And some, and some Christians are mad about Muslims, No, too, well, yeah. we're mad because they because they kill people. They murder us. We could be in those they, nightclubs. They, 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 they would have their own laundry list of grievances, too. Okay, none of them are oh, mass we're, we're, suicides. We're Spanish. We're Spanish. 
Reconquista pasó. Yes. Reconquista. Oh, you're talking about the Spaniards mistreating indigenous tribes. Okay. No, 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 no not that. But like the initial, yeah, the initial the, the existence Crusades, of Spanish know, people the Crusades, was taking back land that was once Christian from Muslims. Like, even, like that, hello. Didn't the Ottomans get pushed out of Europe? 800 years of those freaks controlling all of Europe. But this is what hello. I'm, like, this, this is all the way to the 1920-something. Structuring my. Thought process, and I'm dismantling is, it as you no, destruction. I, I want to not engage with historical petty squabbles. Oh, that ain't petty squabble, man. 800 years uh, total conquest over Spain, Italy, Greece, all the way until the famous day. Do you know the famous day? Up, you know what ended up happening out of the Crusades? Is that the no, Christ- no, you're mixing Crusades with the Ottoman Empire. No, uh, I, I know, but like I'm saying why I don't like this sort of talk is because what ended up happening out of the Crusades is that Constantinople was ransacked by crusaders who were aimless and didn't know where they were supposed to be going. The Constantinople were the people who contacted the Pope asking for assistance against what was the Islamic Empire at the time? Ottoman Empire. The Ottoman Empire. So like the people who we were supposed to be helping our Christian brethren were eliminated by their Christian brethren. And what happened to the descendants of the Crusaders? They roamed around terrorizing Europe as like just bandits. Like I can tell you that cuz I'm Polish. We do not look at the Teutonic order in a good light. Um so it's like that's when I see when religious squabbles happen. Now you 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 got to you got to constantly be teaching Teutonic order. Teuton- the Teutonic order, yeah. I can't explain it, so but I'm asking the, the, you These to. were descendants of the Crusaders, so they were just dis- roaming around because they were... Only- you have uh, uh, a timestamp? I know I'm asking yeah, too I much can, since I, can, I can't do it. I can get that. But I like but the, the audience the, the, to know. These people were descendants of the Crusaders, yes. and because they only had skills as like warriors, they were just bandits. Or they were adhering to their particular king and did what the king wanted in terms of subjects to their monarchies. Which leads me, while you look for those dates, so leads me to let you know... Oh, they're still around. Wow. Yes. They, they started around... To let you know... In The most decisive battles in defeat of the Ottomans, and had the Ottomans won, Christianity would cease to exist. Two monarchs who didn't like each other joined forces on what day in history... In other words, think of 4th of July, but in defeat. Over and over and over again, because I wrote about it in my book, The Fiscals. It's September the 11th. September the 11th, as far back as 1500s, there were great wartime defeats that cost Ottoman empires their rule. In other words, it began the descent, ending in the massacre of Armenians, I believe in the late 20s. And that's people don't realize Armenians were slaughtered at the level of the Jews, and nobody talks about it. But Armenians. Do you were, know where the first concentration camps were built? You're gonna say I know an anarchist is gonna say the United States, Cuba. Some people say Cuba. Some people say the modern concentration camp. That's a new. Um, that's news to me. Was done by the Spanish Empire on revolting Cubans or revolting slaves. Cubans. This was a uh, Jose Martin time. Around the, it was right before. Oh, during the Mamis, the Mamises War. That's, before, but that's war. Di- this is during the War of Independence. That, sure. Like, before the United States came down and swooped and finished it up. Um, uh, that's people, debatable. But anyway, yes, yeah, I no, understand. Yeah. But it's war. So prison, go, you know, because the Serbs did it too, and it's war. You know, I mean, when the Serbs did it, it was disgusting. 
but it was still it was still a holy kind of war. The Serbs believed they were eradicating the Muslims from Bosnia and Herzegovina and the rest of Serbia proper, and um, turns out to be uh, human indignity once again. And I must commend da, 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 Bill Clinton for cleaning them out. Milosevic. I, I really don't get like um, Slavo Zizek is a left wing like philosopher. Yes, he you c- he, he's the head of the uh, the Serbs. No, no, no. He's 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 an academic. He has no political power. No, but uh, today, Zizek. but he was he was Slavo li- Zizek. I guarantee like, he 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 wasn't involved in this no, massacre. No, no, he, he is Slovenian. He's a Slovenian philosopher. But he uh, wasn't involved. He in, wasn't involved. He but, didn't inspire the Serbian guy. No, no, no. But even he, who like, also was an academia? He was. He, he was an academic, and he, I was watching him today, and he was defending. Oh, so he's alive and well. He's not. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, he was defending the U.S. involvement. Like that's one of those. Well, things. and I didn't defend it. He's he had to have supported it. We went and cleaned out, took out their bridges and everything. That 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 was a really interesting moment in history because he, I. You feel, know that that Clinton dropped a bomb that was so lethal. It, the trees remained, the buildings remained, and all the people were dead. 17,000 in one explosion. You know what that is? That's what got the Serb to stop. He says, whoa, the, the Yankees are here. Go yeah. ahead. I'm going to expound on that thought. I'm going to hopefully get the uh, search engines for that because it just came to mind. And I want the audience to hear that one. That was Bill Clinton's greatest moment as a president. Uh, that that was a really interesting moment because I feel like that is when like the United States was able to properly see itself as it wanted to be seen in the world. You know, that's um, like I remember growing up watching all of these movies, even foreign movies, where the United States military is depicted as like this heroic force blowing up the bad guy base after like, you know, the non-American heroes have saved the day. And it was just like, wait, why was this attitude in place? And I, I do think it was in short part because the involvement on... What did they call that event? The Bosnia Genocide? It was Bosnia, Kosovo Genocide. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it was because of that. that. That was one of the weird things that Chomsky did was that, like, he really wanted to put doubt on the atrocities that were coming from them. Really? He also did that for the Khmer Rouge. Did you know that? No, I did not. Yeah, he he was just like, yeah, I, I don't trust the allegations of the atrocities coming from the Khmer Rouge because the French media is reporting it. Okay. Um, I think I found it. Although I'm giving too much credit to Clinton when, in fact, the, uh, the, NATO, the NATO took the lead here. Uh, Led by the United States, warplanes from the North Atlantic Treaty Organization bombed, had a bombing campaign against the Serbian military targets in former Yugoslavia. The air raids, Bill Clinton said, were aimed at halting the widespread evidence of urban cleansing and mass executions. The worst such outbreak since World War II was being perpetrated by the Serbian forces against the ethnic Albanian Muslims in Kosovo. This was... Yeah, that's why I don't want to vilify a whole religion of people, because that's where it leads. <laughs> well, this was <laughs> March like, 24th, 1999. That's why and I, I must it. say that President Clinton really shined that moment. Yeah. 
And that, that, that's why I want to be like, I w- I'd rather, like, I'm like, you're allowed to be Muslim, but, like, if you're going to read something in your holy book which tells you you have to do something which is against our laws, that's not acceptable. And I would tell that to any Christian, and I would tell that to any Jew, and I would tell that to any Hindu, and I would even tell that to other Buddhists. Because there are, let me tell you, there are some wacko Buddhists out there. Yeah, but they won't, they won't uh, conduct uh, mass massacres, nor will they not blow, true. They would blow themselves up too? No, I mean, okay. I know, would, there was a bom- I know there was a bombing in China, in the, in the reaches of China, not too long ago. Uh, and I don't know, I believe he was... Was it Tibetan? For the, uh, for peace in Tibet, and uh, I'm not so sure. But I remember that's kind of I don't want to go there because I'm, you know, that's too but, much um, of a rabbit for hole. For example, I can tell you what about one militant Muslim group that exists today is the um, and they're Buddhists. You yeah, saying? they're Buddhists, but I mean, Muslim Buddhists. No, no, like how do they mix the two? No, they they they're Buddhists who want to expel the Muslims from their land. Oh, okay, okay, so they're not Muslim. But yeah, no, that's what I mean. These these types exist in every religion. Yes. It's 878 movement. Let me see if I get that right. By the way, China and Russia vetoed Clinton's actions. I'm reading in this article. (laughs) Uh, Those attacks uh, marked the first time that NATO had used military force without the prior approval of the United Nations Security Council. The campaign involved some 1,000 aircraft operating from air bases in Italy and in Germany, as well as the Theodore Roosevelt, that must have been out in the Mediterranean, stationed on the Adriatic Sea, which is the sea between Italy and Serbia, or Yugoslavia at the time. They dropped 38,000 combat missions. So that was a long, I think that was after allowing, um, allowing this to happen to the point where I remember seeing all those uh, Serbian Muslims uh, in, in what looked like concentration camps. It was a 78-day assault on May the 7th. These are the bombs I'm talking about. Excuse me for exaggerating, but they, there were five of them. They were precision bombs programmed and coordinated by the CIA and struck the Chinese embassy in Belgrade the Serbian capital killing three Chinese journalists and targeting a diplomatic row between Beijing and Washington. It looked like an accident to me as far as I'm concerned. But those precision bombs, I think, is the bombs that I claim uh, got uh, Slotovin uh, Milosevic to, uh, to call it quits. So on October the uh, 2000, Milosevic, the Serbian leader, was ousted from power by a popular revolution. He was replaced by wow, Kostanika, Volchev, Volchev Kostanika. It's such a shame that a moderate that Muslim nationalist who promised to reintegrate Serbia into Europe. Milosevic died in prisons at The Hague on March 11, 2006 during his trial for crimes against humanity. Hopefully that'll be the same story line when they put Putin in there and have him executed for crimes against humanity. Yeah, why is guys like Tucker Carlson standing up for Putin? Even Jordan Peterson was. I, believe, I want to understand I, that. I believe Tucker 
his he figured out that his audience really appreciated Trump not going to war. And I think we're all exhausted about war. I don't say that we shouldn't fight Putin where wherever the hell he moves, but it is naturally it is na- it's a natural defense for a person like him who I once sometimes wonder how conservative he is. He does remind me of uh, pay-as-you-go kind of I think he's fascist in some character. I, I, know, I, I, know, he's, I know he's anti-illegal immigration. I don't throw that term around lightly, um, but like... Nah, he's not fascist. Dugan, uh, I believe Dugan a, was the chief philosopher I be, that I he do relies on, a, and Dugan... I talked about Evola when I first got here. Dugan cites Evola as an influence. And then around that time, the state produced a show called Trotsky, right? And I remember the, the American, the the the, the American uh, inspired communist from y- Russia. Yeah, um, that, he was the man. You know, he was the man most closely allied to the the, American, the creation of the American Red Cross to eliminate the uh, Mensheviks and allow the Bolsheviks to yeah. to survive. But there was a movie. And it cost him his yeah. life, of course. <laughs> so that story in, was in never told Mexi- until Blink Radio decided to say so on 94.5 FM. Yes. Um, I, some people believe that he was killed by the by the jackal. That's but, interesting. But like, there was a movie that was made by Russian state television, right? And anti-communists were very happy with it at first. Because it really depicted, you know, the brutality of the regime... And kind of how it was corrupt and how it was. We're talking about uh, communist revolution. Leon Trotsky. There was a state show about him. This was produced. But what was really interesting is that anyone with a keen eye for European sentiments could see that it was like the most nakedly anti-Semitic thing that had been produced for I want to say like seventy years since World War II, (laughs) Um, or outside of the Middle East. Like it hits all of the anti-Jewish stereotypes. Where, um, you know, first thing it opens is him having sex, which is like innocuous to an American crowd, right? But Jews in, according to anti-Semites in, you know, Europe, are usually associated with sexual looseness. And then that comes around is, um, more or less is like he plays a chess game against the guy who's running the prison, who calls him the K-word. You know, those at home, you can guess what word I'm talking about. And proceeds to win the chess match saying that the state's only purpose is to ensure through violence. So we, we, we see a very interesting setup of anti-Semitism being proven right. Might is right. And this is just in like the first five minutes of an opening. Like it is the most nakedly piece of anti-Semitic thing that I've ever seen made recently. And this was made by the state. And eventually, Netflix caught on that this was on their streaming service, and they took it off. Um, was the movie done recently or a long time ago? It was done, like, less than five years ago. Um, so it's like Russia is an openly fascist country in some respects, um, which, is, which is weird that I, like, see a lot of Miamians being a little bit ambivalent about it because it's like, aren't they arming... Um, Maduro and and Castro. I think uh, now how you state it. No, I believe that the Biden administration to get 
oil going anywhere but here, he's a he might exchange uh, one of one of Maduro's uh, financiers, money launderers, however you want to call a guy named Sab S A A B. If I got that spelling correctly, he might hand the guy over in exchange for some type of deal on oil because he's already allowed. Uh, Chevron to go over there and patch things up with Maduro to try to get the money, some of the billions they've lost already. Same with other American petroleum companies. So there is something something going on that, of course, us conservatives are really pissed off about because that kind of an appeasement of an enemy like that, knowing how much pain the communism has cost Venezuela to people here in Miami, it's just... An abomination. It's just a continuous slap in the face to us Latins or Hispanics or Spanish-speaking people, which leads me to say, hey, Venezuelans, especially here on Key Kane, why are you voting for Joe Biden? Huh? Huh? I mean, you guys had a great leader, a great leader named Carlos Andres Perez who flat out, when he gave up power, voluntarily as a military uh, strongman, he gave up power saying flat out that I wanted to execute Fidel Castro. He was out here marching around like a true communist, and I would have executed it if they would have listened to me in Venezuela, but they didn't. You know, it's the one thing I feel Obama was... And they gave up power saying, you Venezuelans don't deserve the order I bring. I, the one thing I feel that Obama was really 200% right about, and when I say 200, I didn't even think about it, is I thought Obama's attitude on how to deal with Cuba was the best. That right now we are seeing people, because people have been traveling back and from America to Cuba, that they see now that the Raul Castro dynasty is outdated. That there is no more purpose for this animosity. And paranoia of the state. I don't know how to handle this one. Somehow you come to a conclusion that I somehow can accept. Yeah, I, I, you had a YouTube video where you were showing yes, him talking about that. And I was like... But you didn't start that way. If you would have said, as I am now corrected to say, based on what actually has happened, not before it happened, I can honestly say... That him being a black man coming to Cuba to speak was a clear sign to the world we are a nation of ideals. And yes, we have elected a black man to president that nobody in Cuba thought that was true because the Castros were lying about Barack Obama's skin color. When they finally arrived and the people you can hear in videos that were out there at the time, people, you know, filming a rainy day, Clinton uh, Clinton, Obama coming out of his plane, no one there to greet him except from some some low life guy because Raul wouldn't even get close to that staircase because he, he's wanted on murder charges and he would have been dragged up the plane and taken to the to the Department of Justice to stand trial because if you step foot on the if you just touch the ladder of Air Force One you're on U.S. property, so he was nowhere to be found. But I'll never forget Obama coming out to meet Raul for the first time and give this speech. And in the 40 seconds, he said, 
of that speech was probably a good old hour or so. He says, you know, democracy's messy. So messy that today in the elections of our elections right now, going on right now, that two Cuban-Americans are running, and if they succeed at erasing my legacy as a black, the first black president of the United States, they will have beaten a feminist and a socialist, meaning Hillary and Bernie Sanders. Who would have thought that in 1959? And it wasn't a ruckus applause, but it was one of those... And, I, I, Ra- and Raul had to just disappear. I mean, I, I, how, how do you handle that one? In, I, that, in that sense and in that vein, I, did respect I believe that you're somewhat correct. I had friends, actually, in my, my other college radical friends coming to me that day, like texting me. Angry. See, he was right. He was right. Obama was right. No, his... no, 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 no. They were angry at Obama. They were like, can you believe this? Like, this is like subversion. This is awful. And I'm like, and I was just like, no, this is just straight up a good thing. You know, Obama, because of his ability to speak, his ability to talk and read the teleprompter and prepare himself, I believe one thing law school does is does prepare its students to articulate. So we'll give him that, even though he was known to be a lame attorney. He was. It was funny. I think he was pretty good in Latin America. Like, I wasn't thinking about No, he wasn't. He was shaking hands with Obama. He was standing in front of a... a a tw- uh, what twenty five foot crucifix with the Pope, and it was the crucifix of a bunch of oars, you know, tied together. You know, it was uh, ah, the death of the rafters were assembled and tied in some form of art. But you know what? That's uh, abhorrent to me. But uh, perhaps Obama wasn't the person standing next to Raul. I'm going to Google that, too, because since I had this... Is Raul the Pope? Come on, man! The Pope in Cuba, yeah. Dude, Raul I, I, Castro I, I is the Pope in Cuba, yes. I, I have not been a Catholic for about... Okay, wait a I, second. Um, I want to say, I'm going to ask for images here. I have not been a Catholic for like 13 years. Our, our Pope right now's name is Francis. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he's Argentine, so he's left of center, to say the least. And he's skewing some of the Catholic mores. Accept- I don't mind him. Um, I don't mind him. Okay. Yeah. Speaking from, are uh, you speaking as a, a dissident socialist, um, uh, Buddhist? I, or? Yeah. For for the audience, um, we've had this conversation off the air. I am kind of a Zen Buddhist. Um, there is a wonderful sect that I was able to find called Nichiren in the states, which is that you pray out loud nonstop while looking at some writings before you which are meant to contain the eyes of the Buddha and that cool where does this where does this happen um these are in Nichiren sects I found one here there's like run right off the island in um Key Biscayne which is uh by the grove or Brickle or what it, it's it's around the grove it's a little bit there yeah is that, there's a home there yeah, but it's not a home. It's not a, um, these ones aren't monks. That's the interesting thing about these. Yeah, sites. I ran, I ran into a home once looking at properties. I ran into a home that was different than all the home homes in the neighborhood. And when I approached it, it had uh, messages and uh, flowers and coronations in dedication to the um, to the um, to the Buddhists inside. And there was. An inkling, a feeling that it, it was Harry Krishna, but I'm not sure. 
I don't think it had a sign outside, although it led me to believe that it was definitely some type of Buddhist I'll, I'll tell temple. You one, I'll tell you one thing that I've learned is that across all religions, the fanatics aren't the ones who, like, fast or do very demanding things upon themselves, right? The, the fanatics are the ones who want to convert. Others. Yeah. Like, that, that's, the tr- that, that's, like, one of the traits of, like, political fanatics are, are, aren't the people who are, like... No, I'm not going to do that. No, I, I can't do that because my religion dictates. The true fanatic is like, I have the oh, truth. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. He, Raul gifts it to the Pope. So you had it right. And it had nothing to do with Obama. So uh, I take everything I said back. It was wrong for me to us. Uh, yeah. my, my annoyance at Raul Castro, I mixed up the trips. Um, he gifted Francis... I remember the picture because I saved it. So it was definitely my uh, premature dementia setting in. And I, uh, I asked for your forgiveness, my audience. Say 50 Hail Marys. Wow. Stand in the corner. I'm wrong. Okay. 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 Yeah. And it shows the Pope in La Plaza de la Revolución. He's a liberation theology type, right? Francis? Yeah. I don't uh, People might have said that. I have suspicions that the Jesuits that I Liberation was, theology is Jeremiah Wright. That we know for truth. But there's a lot of it in Latin America. Yes, it is. That's where that's its origins. Jeremiah Wright believed uh, that one of the pastors from Latin America who spoke to his church changed his life. I guess that's one of the things that I felt when I was... Which a communist also derived the I, same... When I was reading the Bible during the Iraq Inspiration War, Inspiration from the from uh, liberation theology. When I was reading the Bible during the Iraq War, I felt like it was kind of timely. There was a lot of talk about like military occupation with the Romans and the Pharisees. Like it felt very timely to me when I was reading it. I don't know about feeling timely. I related to it. I related. You to, related to. A I related to this like feeling of wanting to be a good person. In a, you know, in an environment that did not allow you to properly be good. Okay. So there's a big-ass picture of Francis looking up at the saddest gift I've ever seen. The most slap-in-the-face gift the Pope will ever receive for Raul Castro to gift with the oars of the many, many rafters who have died out at sea escaping his tyranny makes up this crucifix with a Jesus figure, very descriptive Jesus figure, by the way, ribs. There's no, there's nothing that can be misinterpreted here as Jesus, but even the most horizontal of oars is a green one against the grayer ones, so you know for sure they're oars, like a competitive oar, like, get it? Competitive oar, like a, a oar from a rowboat, in, in contrast there with the f- other oars of rafters, was this it's on, disgusting. Was gift. this on the twenty? Was this on May tenth, two thousand fifteen? Was this a two thousand fifteen? Let's see. There's here. a funny quote I want to read that I found. Oh please, you gonna call? You gonna call it funny? Uh, uh, Ra- Raul said. Raul said, "I will read all speeches of the Pope." His September the twentieth, two thousand fifteen. You nailed it. Uh. In la Plaza de la Revolución. I will read all the speeches of the Pope, 
his commentaries, and if the Pope is, continues this way, I will go back to praying, and I will go back to the Catholic Church again. I am not joking. Yeah, it's called, <laughs> I don't want to go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, folks. You, you, Raul Castro, you're going straight to hell. And I understand what you're going to do when you get there. You're going to put hell up for rent. <laughs> What's up? And your brother is going to collect the rents. And I, I think what's really interesting about religion is um, that I have found kind of my time with faith and going through different religions is that religion is how we practice our morality and make sense of it. I think that's the, the art of faith, yes, is practicing, uh, practicing hope. In other yeah. words, learning to have hope that that in my case as a Catholic, that God will speak to me in a particular way to provoke me into action. And every day of my life, it's not just one day or on Sunday. And as I go through life, more and more, more and more actions are demanded of me. So one, one thing creates hope, another thing creates angst, using the word you used recently, angst for not coming due, in other words, not doing all that I could or all that I can. Uh, I have this issue, especially with organizations I've donated to, and they're asking for more money. Haven't I given them enough? No. Always can give more. More, more, more. Kind of reminds me of being a parent. More, more, more. So my faith always draws me to give more, and unfortunately, the easiest way to give is money. Give them so that they can do good works. One of my favorite uh, organizations, now that I'm speaking about this, because it is New Year's, make the time, take the time, please, give to Operation Smile, and give to those who make their time, they take their skills, they get on boats, they go to the the most impoverished parts of the world, and they fix cleft palates because it's a tangible fix. It's a tangible donation. You can honestly see that these women are flabbergasted when they see their children healed of cleft palate surgery. And those that's a good thing because it's tangible. It's not like the cure for cancer I don't want to minimize any other causes, but it's young. My best it's friend children. had a cliff palate growing up. Yes, and it just uh, it really saves someone's he life. He had that surgery, yeah, and I couldn't even tell. And I just remember asking his mom one day. And he grows he, a mustache and everything today, probably. probably. I, I haven't seen him in like a while. I wonder how. But his life must be uh, really yeah, beautiful. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, what's really under, uh, hard to understand is why it's so prevalent in the, in the underdeveloped world and not as prevalent in the modern world. So I wonder if it's something after... Uh, okay. I shouldn't say after birth, because I don't believe that's true, but... Aren't so, they born with it? They're born with it, yes. So, so I, I imagine it's something like... In it the, happens in the womb. Yes, but the point I'm trying to make, and I don't know if I'm doing a good job of this, what's in their... Water supply water supply or in their diet or in their 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 I, I've been to the Dominican Republic enough you see that it, it, it's it's a lovely country full of lovely people yes but 
well, at the two-week mark, I start getting sick consistently every the, time because the real I'm not, bad yeah, bathroom. I am not yep. used to something in the food or the water. Like, yeah, ice. Ice in your soda. Ice in your drink. You can't have the ice. You can't have the water, period. It, 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 it always wine, does it to Wine, me. wine, wine, wine. <laughs> it always does it to me. Like, it, it, it's a place I've visited multiple times, but I cannot... Go back. You'll never, you'll never be able to become accustomed to it unless you're from there. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those, uh, one of those things. But, so but, finish up. We're one minute, one minute till lift off here. But that, that's the thing that I do credit reading a lot of Christianity for a lot of the Gospels was is that it really conditioned me to look after the less fortunate. That it told me. It's it's extremely easy to be comfortable. It's extremely easy to feed into a confirmation bias. Like it's it's really easy to think you're the good guy. It's but it's much harder to have an attitude and have a lifestyle that will make you a better person. Yeah, that, obedience. That, that, I call that in my book, obedience and sacrifice. Be obedient. I, I believe in give sac- a lot. The sum might not have to be a lot, but do it often. So I would you're just disagree all, with you're the sacri- always you're always giving, give, would, give, yeah. give what you got. In my case, because you're building, I just you're wanna, building. I just want, I want more people to have the uh, the chances that I had, yeah. and I got over stuttering because my mom cared enough to have me get over stuttering. And look, I'm on Blink Radio. I went from a stutter to a host of a radio show. In order to be able to offer a socialist airtime. <laughs> How about that, Apples? See you later, folks. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. See you next year. And I think it's appropriate that the next song is Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road, Elton John, 1973. Here on Blink Radio, WSQF 94.5. You can always get all our recordings on the Young and Old Show. We're in now Show 11 or Show 12. Just finish 11. If you're an anarchist and want to get on, you're invited. What's up? We will horizontally put you on. Yes. We don't, we don't promise you get out of here, though. See ya. Blink Radio. Keep us game. If you like our programming on WSQF 94.5 in Key Biscayne, you can also hear us very far away nationwide, WSQFradio.com. And if you like our audio files and our subject matter, subscribe to YouTube Mac on the Rock Rampage. Take care and stay free.